0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What do you do when it seems like everybody else is getting their dreams and you're not? Heather Thompson Day's book, It's Not Your Turn, may be just the right thing for you. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truth's table. This is IVP.
1: Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your Word is truth, Your Word is life. Presented by Inner City Press.
0: Your Word is truth, Your Word is life.
1: The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni
0: Uwen. Let's get in the word and may the word get in us. Open our
1: eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your word. Old Testament reading, Jeremiah chapter 42 through chapter 44. Chapter 42. The survivors asked the Lord for advice but refused to follow it. Then all the army officers, including Johanan, son of Kariah, and Jezaniah, son of Hashiah, and all the people of every class, went to the prophet Jeremiah. They said to him, Please grant our request and pray to the Lord, your God, for all those of us who are still left alive here. For as you yourself can see, there are only a few of us left out of the many there were before. Pray that the Lord, your God, will tell us where we should go and what we should do. The prophet Jeremiah answered them, "Agreed." I will indeed pray to the Lord your God as you have asked. I will tell you everything the Lord replies in response to you. I will not keep anything back from you. They answered Jeremiah. May the Lord be a true and faithful witness against us if we do not do just as the Lord your God sends you to tell us to do. We will obey what the Lord our God to whom we are sending you tells us to do. It does not matter whether we like what he tells us or not. We will obey what he tells us to do, so that things will go well for us. Ten days later, the Lord's message came to Jeremiah. So Jeremiah summoned Johanan, son of Cariah, and all the army of officers who were with him, and all the people of every class. Then Jeremiah said to them, You sent me to the Lord, God of Israel, to make your request known to him. Here is what he says to you. If you will only say in this land, I will build you up, I will not tear you down, I will firmly plant you, I will not uproot you, for I am filled with sorrow because of the disaster that I have brought on you. Do not be afraid of the king of Babylon, whom you now fear. Do not be afraid of him because I will be with you to save you and to rescue you from his power. I, the Lord, affirm it. I will have compassion on you so that he in turn will have mercy on you and allow you to return to your land. You must not disobey the Lord your God by saying, we will not stay in this land. You must not say, no, we will not stay. Instead, we will go and live in the land of Egypt where we will not face war or hear the enemy's trumpet calls or starve for lack of food. If you people who remain in Judah do that, then listen to the Lord's message. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, has said. If you are so determined to go to Egypt that you go and settle there, the wars you fear will catch up with you there in the land of Egypt. The starvation you are worried about will follow you there to Egypt. You will die there. All the people who are determined to go and settle in Egypt will die from war, starvation, or disease. No one will survive or escape the disaster I will bring on them. For the Lord of Heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, If you go to Egypt, I will pour out my wrath on you, just as I poured out my anger and wrath on the citizens of Jerusalem. You will become an object of horror and ridicule, an example of those who have been cursed and that people use in pronouncing a curse. You will never see this place again. The Lord has told you people who remain in Judah, do not go to Egypt. Be very sure of this. I warn you here and now, you are making a fatal mistake. For you sent me to the Lord your God and asked me, pray to the Lord our God for us. Tell us what the Lord our God says, and we will do it. This day I have told you what he said, but you do not want to obey the Lord your God by doing what he sent me to tell you. So now be very sure of this. You will die from war, starvation, or disease in the place where you want to go and live. Chapter 43 Jeremiah finished telling all the people all these things the Lord their God had sent him to tell them. Then Azariah, son of Hashiiah, Johanan, son of Cariah, and other arrogant men said to Jeremiah, You are telling a lie. The Lord our God did not send you to tell us. You must not go to Egypt and settle there. But Barak, son of Neriah, is staring you up against us. He wants to hand us over to Babylonians so that they will kill us or carry us off in exile to Babylon. So, Johanan, son of Cariah, all the army officers, and all the rest of the people did not obey the Lord's command to stay in the land of Judah. Instead, Johanan, son of Cariah, and all the army officers led off all the Judean remnant who had come back to live in the land of Judah from all the nations where they had been scattered. They also led off all the men, women, children, and royal princesses that Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, had left with Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam and grandson of Shaphan. This included the prophet Jeremiah and Baruch, son of Neriah. They went on to Egypt because they refused to obey the Lord, and came to Tappehnes. Jeremiah predicts that Nebuchadnezzar will plunder Egypt and its gods. At Tappehnes, the Lord's message came to Jeremiah. Take some large stones and bury them in the mortar of the clay pavement at the entrance of Pharaoh's residence here in Taft Do it while the people of Judah present there are watching. Then tell them, The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I will bring my servant king Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon. I will set his throne over these stones that I have buried. He will pitch his royal tent over them. He will come and attack Egypt. Those who are destined to die of disease will die of disease. Those who are destined to be carried off into exile will be carried off into exile. Those who are destined to die in war will die in war. He will set fire to the temples of the gods of Egypt. He will burn their gods or carry them off as captives. He will pick Egypt clean like a shepherd picks the lice from his clothing. He will leave there unharmed. He will demolish the sacred pillars in the temple of the sun in Egypt and will burn down the temples of the gods of Egypt. Chapter 44 The Lord will punish the Judean exiles in Egypt for their idolatry. The Lord spoke to Jeremiah concerning all the Judeans who were living in the land of Egypt, those in Migdal, taf Memphis, and in the region of southern Egypt. The Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, You have seen all the disaster I brought on Jerusalem and all the towns of Judah. Indeed, they now lie in ruins and are deserted. This happened because of the wickedness the people living there did. They made me angry by worshiping and offering sacrifices to other gods, whom neither they nor you nor your ancestors previously knew. I sent my servants, the prophets, to you, people over and over again, warning you not to do this disgusting thing I hate. But the people of Jerusalem and Judah would not listen or pay any attention. They would not stop the wickedness they were doing, nor quit sacrificing to other gods. So my anger and my wrath were poured out and burned like a fire through the towns of Judah and the streets of Jerusalem. That is why they have become the desolate ruins that they are today. So now the Lord God of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, asks, Why will you do such great harm to yourselves? Why should every man, woman, child, and baby of yours be destroyed from the midst of Judah? Why should you leave yourselves without a remnant? That is what will result from your making me angry by what you are doing. You are making me angry by sacrificing to other gods here in the land of Egypt where you live. You will be destroyed for doing that. You will become an example used in curses and an object of ridicule among all the nations of the earth. Have you forgotten all the wicked things that have been done in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem? by your ancestors, by the kings of Judah and their wives, and by you and your wives. To this day, your people have shown no contrition. They have not revered me, nor follow the laws and statutes I commanded you and your ancestors. Because of this, the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says, I am determined to bring disaster on you, even to the point of destroying all the Judeans here. I will see to it that all the Judean remnant that was determined to go and live in the land of Egypt will be destroyed. Here in the land of Egypt, they will fall in battle or perish from starvation. People of every class will die in war or from starvation. They will become an object of horror and ridicule, an example of those who have been cursed and that people use in pronouncing a curse. I will punish those who live in the land of Egypt with war, starvation, and disease, just as I punished Jerusalem. None of the Judean remnant who have come to live in the land of Egypt will escape or survive to return to the land of Judah. Though they long to return and live there, none of them shall return except a few fugitives. Then all the men, who were aware that their wives were sacrificing to other gods as well as all their wives, answered Jeremiah. There was a great crowd of them representing all the people who lived in northern and southern Egypt. We will not listen to what you claim the Lord has spoken to us. Instead, we will do everything we vowed we would do. We will sacrifice and pour out drink offerings to the goddess called the Queen of Heaven, just as we and our ancestors, our kings, and our leaders previously did in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. For then we had plenty of food, were well off, and had no troubles. But ever since we stopped sacrificing and pouring out drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven, we have been in great need. Our people have died in wars or of starvation. The women added, we did indeed sacrifice and pour out drink offerings to the Queen of Heaven. But it was with the full knowledge and approval of our husbands that we made cakes in her image and poured out drink offerings to her. Then Jeremiah replied to all the people, both men and women, who responded to him in this way. The Lord did indeed remember and called to mind what you did. He remembered the incense, you and your ancestors, your kings, your leaders, and all the rest of your people of the land offered to other gods in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem. Finally, the Lord could no longer endure your wicked deeds and the disgusting things you did. That is why your land has become the desolate, uninhabited ruin that it is today. That is why it has become a proverbial example used in curses. You have sacrificed to other gods. You have sinned against the Lord. You have not obeyed the Lord. You have not followed his laws, his statutes, and his decrees. That is why this disaster that is evident to this day has happened to you. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the people, particularly to all the women. Listen to the Lord's message, all you people of Judah who are in Egypt. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, has said. You women have confirmed by your actions what you vowed with your lips. You said, we will certainly carry out our vows to sacrifice and pour out our drink offerings to the queen of heaven. Well, then fulfill your vows, carry them out. But listen to the Lord's message. All you people of Judah who are living in the land of Egypt, the Lord says, I hereby swear by my own great name that none of the people of Judah who are living anywhere in Egypt will ever again invoke my name in their oaths. Never again will any of them use it in an oath saying, As surely as the sovereign Lord lives, I will indeed see to it that disaster, not prosperity, happens to them. All the people of Judah who are in the land of Egypt will die in war or from starvation until not one of them is left. Some who survive the battle will return to the land of Judah from the land of Egypt, but they will be very few indeed. Then the Judean remnant, who have come to live in the land of Egypt, will know whose word proves true, mine or theirs. Moreover, the Lord says, I will make something happen to prove that I will punish you in this place. I will do it so that you will know that my threats to bring disaster on you will prove true. I, the Lord, promise that I will hand Pharaoh, Hafra, king of Egypt, over to his enemies who are seeking to kill him. I will do that just as surely as I handed King Zedekiah of Judah over to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, his enemy, who was seeking to kill him. New Testament reading. Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 15. Chapter 17. Paul and Silas at Thessalonica. After they traveled through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a Jewish synagogue. Paul went to the Jews in the synagogue, as he customarily did, and on three Sabbath days he addressed them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and to rise from the dead, saying, This Jesus I am proclaiming to you is the Christ. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, along with a large group of God-fearing Greeks. And quite a few prominent women. But the Jews became jealous and gathering together some worthless men from the rabble in the marketplace, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. They attacked Jason's house, trying to find Paul and Silas to bring them out to the assembly. When they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city officials, screaming, These people who have stirred up trouble throughout the world have come here too. And Jason has welcomed them as guests. They are all acting against Caesar's decrees, saying there is another king named Jesus. They caused confusion among the crowd and the city officials who heard these things. After the city officials had received bail from Jason and the others, they released them. Paul and Silas at Berea The brothers sent Paul and Silas off to Berea at once, during the night. When they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. These Jews were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica, for they eagerly received the message, examining the scriptures carefully every day to see if these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, along with quite a few prominent Greek women and men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica heard that Paul had also proclaimed the word of God in Berea, they came there too, inciting and disturbing the crowds. Then the brothers sent Paul away to the coast at once, but Silas and Timothy remained in Berea. Those who accompanied Paul escorted him as far as Athens, and after receiving an order for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they left. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy and righteous God, we thank you, O Lord, for today. We thank you for your word and we thank you for this this time that you have given to us to sit and hear your word today. Lord God, would you grant us, by the power of the Spirit, deep, deep wisdom and understanding and discernment, O God. As we move through passages that we might be very familiar with and passages that we may not be familiar with, we thank you, O Lord, that where there is confusion and a lack of clarity and where we feel overwhelmed by some of the dynamics that are happening in the text and the narrative, O God, we pray, O God, that you would grant us grace, that you would grant us uh, wisdom. And O Lord, we are reminded for uh, the many people who sit with Scripture and have studied it throughout the generations throughout the centuries, O God, both men and women who have studied your word, O Lord, and we thank you for the gifts that they are to the church. For how can we learn without a teacher? Lord God, you have called each of us to be discipled. And so we thank you for your word, even the parts that overwhelm us or confuse us. So we feel the magnitude of emotions as we listen to them, oh God. But we thank you for the wisdom that you have given to others and the wisdom that you have given to us, that we can understand your word and that we can see you at work throughout redemptive history. So gracious and merciful God, we thank you for the word today. We thank you, oh God, for these reminders of of the wages of idolatry. The ways in which we're so easily deluded and how much we long for comfort and pleasure and wealth and resources and power, oh God, that we will find ourselves worshiping idols that we think can provide these things for us. How soon we forget that it is you, O God. It is you, the Alpha and the Omega, the Lily of the Valley, the Bright and Morning Star. It is you, our Maker, our Creator the one who upholds us even now, who grants us the very breath that we breathe as we listen. It is you who has been good to us. God, forgive us when we give your glory to anything but you. And it's easy for us to look and to judge, but God, we do this so easily. Help us to know and be reminded that you are faithful. You are trustworthy. You do not fail us. You come through for us. You encourage your people and you uphold us. And so, O God, when we are tempted to think anything but that, we pray, O God, that you would correct us in your compassion and your mercy for your name's sake, because your reputation is compassionate and kind and merciful. We appeal to your reputation as a loving and merciful God, and we ask that you would break the chains of idolatry that are around us and amongst us, O God. We ask, O God, because of your reputation for being one who can transform the one who can take those who are lost and have us to be completely and totally found in you. We appeal to your reputation as the one who can transform a life and to take that which was dead and lost into life, into abundant life, O God. And so we appeal to who you are today and we ask for an intervention by the power of your spirit to make us cast down our idols, to call them what they are, dead and useless idols that deceive us, O God. And help us to always give you the glory and the credit, O Lord. We thank you for the ways in which we see these people in Scripture. We see the ways in which those who once worshipped the Queen of Heaven, the idol of that time, O God. The consequence that was rolled out was a severe and deep, a steep judgment. But yet we honor you, O Lord, and we thank you, O God, for the ways in which your truth is marching on. And whereas it was the women in that Old Testament text that were worshiping this queen of heaven, oh God, we are so grateful that in this New Testament text, we see the women and even the prominent women worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, oh God, that we find ourselves in that number today as the people who worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you, O Lord, that no matter where we fall within society by class or identity, whether we find ourselves as the prominent women or not, whatever that label might be, O God, we thank you that you have sent your message to us and that you have granted to us hearts that are receptive to hear it and to receive it and to be changed by it, O God, casting down our idols, running from them, O God, and running into your arms. We thank you, O Lord, that you do this throughout scripture. As we have learned together, as we have read together, as we have meditated on your word day by day, as we have gotten into the word together, we see the ways in which the story is not over. The story is not over. That you transform idol worshipers into worshipers of the most high and the most sovereign God. That is what you do. The story does not end in judgment The story does not end in idol worshiping. For those who you have called unto yourself, the story ends differently. That story, the real story, the full story, ends with our names being written in the book of life. This story ends with us seeing Jesus and being like Jesus face to face. This story ends with full and complete transformation. And so we thank you that in our story, you have granted to us justification, sanctification, and glorification. Thank you, O God. Hold our hands, O Lord, as we walk through Scripture, through redemptive history. Remind us, O Lord, when we get stuck or overwhelmed, that the story is not over. And because Jesus lives, because Jesus got up, we know the ending of our story. It is life forevermore, and sin will be no more and heartache will be no more. Illness and sickness will be no more. But we have an eternity of love. It is in your name that we pray and we give thanks for who you are, O God. Amen and amen. Has your Instagram
0: feed made you feel like everyone else is more successful, more fulfilled, and happier than you? If so, You're not alone in wondering when your turn will come. In her book, It's Not Your Turn, Heather Thompson Day unpacks instant gratification and peer comparison in a social media world. She shares how we can learn to walk slowly and trust God to do his work in us, being more present in our relationships rather than striving for premature image-based success. Here's what to do while you're waiting for your breakthrough so that you can be ready when it's your turn. As a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code THE WORD. That's promo code T H E W O R D at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the Word with Truth Table has encouraged
1: us all to not only be hearers of God's Word, but doers.